So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, kings, queens, peasants alike, birds, dogs, cats, fish, men, women, transsexuals, pansexuals, metrosexuals, normies and alcoholics, and everything in between. I'm Chris, and I'm an alcoholic. And I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic. And with talent, yet again, on loan from God, I bring you season two, episode 11, of the world-famous So I Married an Alcoholic. How are you, my love? I'm good. How about yourself, honey? I am incredibly well, as usual. That was very chipper. Floating on a cloud. Really? What can I say? I have, I have a great life. We do have a wonderful life. I have no complaints. Well, I do. I have a laundry list of complaints. I was going to say, the moment I get home, you start complaining. They're not necessarily for the podcasting world. Mm-hmm. I will keep them to myself in an effort to be a better man and a better husband. Mm, doubt it, bro. Speaking of. Yes. Let us thank the sponsors. Our studio sponsor is Marlang Graphics, marlanegraphics.com for all of your printing needs, and Realtor and a Baby, realtorandababy.com for all of your real estate needs. Now, I got an email this past week, or I should say we, but as we all know, Megan works a real job, so she doesn't necessarily have time to check. I will keep the person's name anonymous, and they have asked for a bit of financial advice for someone who is just coming into the world of recovery. Oh, really? So tonight's PSA, by the way, this PSA is brought to you by Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes. Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes for all of your double penetration needs. Go ahead, boo. I can see you over there. The wheels are spinning. I was just going to say we are not the correct people to give financial advice. Oh, but we are, darling. The IRS may think differently. Well, that's not financial. That's legal. Okay. And the financial mishap mm. from that, if you will, was failure to respect a date. Yes. And that led to years of unnecessary letters from Uncle Sam. In fact, we just recently filed our taxes, and we got a notice in the mail that they credited $30 to Chris's 2010 tax return. Thanks, bro. So we're getting there. Appreciate it. Yep. You're 12 years too late. But again, if the IRS is late paying you, too fucking bad. Yep. Nope. Anywho, a little bit of financial advice for this evening's PSA. Okay. We're truly trying to appeal to a broader audience. My best free financial advice, this goes for all of you, those in recovery, those not in recovery, those that are questioning whether they should be in recovery, here you are. If it drives, flies, floats, or fucks, lease it. Never pay <laughs> cash for a depreciating asset. <laughs> that concludes this evening's PSA. This PSA was brought to you by Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes. Auntie Gay P's House of Fetishes for all of your double penetration needs. Did that properly answer the question that was asked in email? That's great financial advice. It is. I was just curious about the email. They weren't very specific as to what sort of financial advice they were looking for. Uh, so don't rob a bank. Well, yeah. And okay. I mean, I think that goes without saying, no? Like, sure. Look both ways before you cross the street. 
Put on your seatbelt. These are like sort of best practices sort of things. Okay, honey. But I don't necessarily think that people take into account the depreciating asset value. No, I get that. I don't think lease it's the right word, though. We don't believe in leasing it. We believe in financing it. Whatever. Okay. Don't marry a bank robbing junkie. They're poor with money. Who's co-owner on that tampon out there? <laughs> Can't be that poor with money. That's all right. What would you like to get into this evening, darling? Oh, wait, 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 wait. We have two incredibly important events coming up this week. The first is the bird dog's birthday. It is. It's Birdie's birthday on Thursday. Miraculously, yours truly has somehow managed to navigate a human being almost into its second year of life. Little Frankie will be two in May. And I have also managed to get the bird dog to the big one. I was just going to say, much like when, you know, an infant turns one year old, it's really a celebration on the parents for making it that far. Mm -hmm. It's definitely the same for a puppy. I agree. Birdie really doesn't deserve presents or cake or any of the alike for her birthday. She does not. She does not. But we have made it the first year. We certainly have. Struggling. But we made it. The poo has. Uh, well, the poo holds a, her, his own. We've discussed that. No, the poo definitely deserves a present. The poo deserves all the presents. For it's our favorite living thing in this house. Dealing with all of the insanity this past year. No, poor poo. And then... We also have St. Patty's Day. Same day as Bertie's birthday. This is true. That's why it's easy to remember. <laughs> exactly. As we all know, if I do not have a calendar in front of me, it doesn't even matter if it's in front of me. I don't look at calendars. Calendars are stupid. Yes. So anywho, when's the last time you went to a St. Patty's Day parade? I don't think I've ever went. I'm not really a parade person. Really? Yeah, no, I don't like necessarily like group gatherings like that. Like, I don't like a large crowd. In fact, you know what we were talking about at work the other day? I I actually love going to a concert, but I would have no interest in like being in the floor section. That's a little too crowded for me. I like my own comfortable seat. And as we all are well aware, I will not go to any event unless there is a box involved. But you know what I actually regret? Your it, first marriage? Yeah, well. Is not going to see the Pope when he was in Philadelphia. It's very Catholic of you. I know, and I feel like it was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And to me, the Pope in Philadelphia felt like the perfect time for a bombing. So I just, I, I'm not into things like that. I also worry about in events like that, like the Pope or St. Patty's Day Parade, where do you go to the bathroom? And now that I'm sober, it's not in my pants. So it makes it a little more difficult. It's like New Year's Eve in Times Square. No appeal to me. Where are you peeing? I have actually no interest in doing that. Although I think I would do it once. Like just to check it off the list, so to speak. But it's not something that appeals to me. And not because, I like I have no problem pissing or shitting myself. Like okay. I'm a 41-year-old man. I will get there when I get there. <laughs> that is not a problem at all. I do have a problem. Again, there's no box involved. Mm -hmm. Right. And two, it's just cold. Yeah. Well, that's really cold. Like, no, no, St. Patty's Day is traditionally cold, too. Like, March in the Northeast isn't, like, normally bright and sunny and warm. Like, I don't want to stand in literally a, a one-foot circumference circle and freeze my balls off for four, five, six hours completely sober. In 2016, when Villanova won the um, championship, I brought Mac to the parade. By myself we took the train and it was packed 
And luckily we ran into one of like our friends, a uh, guy friend, and he was able to put Mac up on his shoulders because he Mac was like five years old and I would have literally lost him. Like I was like, I will. I'm glad I did it. I will never do it again. Yeah. No, that's a poor plan. It was a little scary. <laughs> and I know that about myself. Like I knew the parade wasn't going to be my thing yet. I felt like Mac, he was excited to go. He had a great time. Yeah, things you'll do for your kids, That's right? That's right. And I mean, I couldn't see a single thing. I'm five foot nothing. So like big crowd. I saw nothing parading. I didn't see anything but like the back of people's shoulders. So I, being from the great city of Worcester, mm -hmm. remember St. Paddy's Day being such a huge event. I was going to say in that Boston area. Yeah, well, Boston had its own parade. Typically, I think the week before or the week after the Worcester parade. I, I don't think they had the appropriate amount of public safety officers to deal with the shenanigans. To have both parades on the same day. Yeah. Yeah. That's a bad plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I remember being either dragged away from or, well, frankly, not remembering at all. Pretty much that entire day, except for maybe getting a ride down to like the, the parade route like such a shit show oh i'm sure i did do one of those like Aaron expresses one time where you like do the bar crawl huh and it was it was like with people i worked with like at lincoln all a million years ago so it was like in delco so that's you know that's a whole different ball game um but it was different like you got on a school bus or you walked and i think you bought like a bracelet i, I don't really remember that's those memories have left me Probably for the best, but um, <laughs> I did do that. No one was necessarily parading, though, with, like, floats. It was just, like, drunk people. I think that's the whole point. Yeah, now. I think it started, like, 9 in the morning. It was, like, a whole thing. Oh, goodness. Yeah. That's a long day of debauchery. Yeah, that was, like, 20 years ago. <laughs> Those days are behind me. Things that I certainly don't miss. No, me neither. There's no pressure to stand out in the cold or to get drunk on St. Patrick's Day or anything outside of celebrate my amazing bird dog, eat some corned beef, and maybe parent the child a little bit. I know. I'm actually off on St. Patty's Day. I may dress her up and take her to my work for lunch. It's not a bad idea. Yeah. I may go to the range with the bird dog. That sounds good. Celebrate Birdie's birthday. Okay. So, oh, we need peddlers. Yes. I think it's been a couple of weeks since we mentioned that. So, the So I Married an Alcoholic duo yes. is putting together a team to benefit... Team Foster. It's teamfoster.org. It's the Rough Ride in Philly. It's June 4th and 5th this year. It's a 24-hour event. And the goal or the object of the event is to keep the stationary bike moving for 24 straight hours. Now, that does not mean that one person pedals for 24 hours. I mean, they certainly can. And in fact, if you want to sign up, we'd be really happy to take you. Yes, I, not me. Not you, but the 24-hour peddler. I was always the kid that got picked last in the uh, <laughs> schoolyard dodgeball. I am also the person that is going to pedal last because daddy starts it and then brings it home. I know, with no work in between. Oh, I'm probably going to nap. Maybe I'll get a nice caviar lunch or something. <laughs> I haven't decided yet. But anyways, so the point is to keep the bike spinning for 24 hours. All of the proceeds go to benefit uh, Team Foster, which is an organization that provides service dogs for veterans. So veterans that are either amputated or PTSD or somehow are not lucky enough to be like you and I. 
We have all of our fingers, all of our toes. They have fought for their country, these people. The least that we can do is get our asses on a bike and spin it for 24 hours and help these people get a service dog. So what you need to do is go to teamfoster.org, O-R-G, search for So I Married an Alcoholic, and then sign up to be on the team. You can also have people sponsor you, which is another great way to help out the Teen Foster organization. So come sign up, pedal with us. We will keep you entertained for a whole 24 hours. We certainly will. And again, there may be caviar involved. I'm just not sure. Okay. Okay. What do you want to talk about? I hate this part of the show. Ooh. Why don't I ask you, what do you want to talk about tonight, honey? So due to some unforeseen events in our personal lives, and as you all know, we are an open book. However, there's some been, there's been some events recently uh, that have affected Megan and I in a very profound way, and it is stressful. Very. It's stressful not knowing the future. It's stressful not having the answers. It's stressful not knowing what tomorrow may bring or what's the best way to deal with this or to give advice or whatever. Obviously, like we're going to keep it anonymous, but again, I think something that alcoholics and addicts struggle with on a daily basis is how to effectively or properly cope and deal with stress and still carry on a useful, productive life in the meantime. Now, I can tell you from personal experience that, I mean, I think I'm phenomenal at handling stress. Like, I also think I'm a phenomenal husband and, you know, the laundry list of things, and I can just rattle them off, but I won't because Megan's giving me that look. <laughs> it says you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. This is one of those, in a way, like I think that being a drug addict and an alcoholic was almost a good thing because you are thrown into, well, you're not thrown into, you put yourself into situations that money cannot solve, time necessarily can't solve, a lot of things can't solve. So you have to get creative with how to problem solve and think outside of the box right yeah now stress i think obviously is a much different thing especially when it doesn't affect you like you're not the the center of that stress if you will mm -hmm. i think that we have both gotten way better at handling stress but i also think again that the drugs and the alcohol were used to cope with situations that we could not cope with sober definitely it's funny it's when we started talking about this and start talking about you know we should talk about stress i did like a lot of thinking did i drink because i was stressed and i had a lot of stress in my life at that time um but interestingly enough i'm actually pretty good in stress do you think that's true mm. i'm not good with simple stress I'm not good with simple everyday stress. Those things rock my world. But big event stress, um, like in a pandemic, working in healthcare, I like rose to the occasion. That was actually like, I don't want to say soothing to me, but I excel at that. Something big, bad, and horrible happens in my family. I'm good at rising to the occasion for that person. Mm -hmm. I, I do. I kind of thrive in stress in some ways. I think part of that's because I internalize it. That's a good distraction for me. Mm -hmm. Like on the outside, I used to say this all the time. Like 
I was the person you would come to if you were having a problem or an issue or something like that because I love to focus on other people's stuff so I didn't have to look at my own, you know? Mm. Like I was very good at that. Interesting. Yeah. I gave great advice. I was, you know, super helpful. You need me to do something. Absolutely. I will do drive to the end of the earth for you so I don't have to deal with what's actually occurring in my own life. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not the case right now, but I do think I still can internalize that stress. Sure. Which is also, I mean, that's a coping mechanism in and of itself. Totally. Is it healthier than dealing with that stress or looking for a solution in the bottom of a, a box of wine? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, And I did a lot of thinking like during this very stressful period that we're having, I the last thing on my mind is actually wanting to have a drink because I know that would only compound this problem a million times more. Yeah, I mean, well, frankly, it's going to make it go away temporarily. Right, but the people that we love that are dealing with this stress, that, you know, we're dealing with the stress, that's the last thing they need. Like, if that's one gift I can give to them, because, you know, so much of it's out of our control, that's one thing I can do. Not add that stress. It's very selfless of you. Yeah, so that, that part I'm okay with. I will say that I can make myself almost physically ill with stress. Like, like what do you mean? How so? I won't sleep. You know, I haven't been sleeping well, um, which I think is normal for anyone who's under a significant amount of stress. Sure. I like internalize it, like upset stomach. My bowels aren't correct. Yeah, there you go. Just say it. You (laughs) shit yourself for a solid hour and a half at work today. I have a nervous stomach. I get nervous stomach. And uh, like if I'm under a severe amount of stress, like I almost, you know, either if it's, you know, moderate stress and I'm like housing Oreos. If it's severe stress, I like can't even put a single thing in my body because I am sick to my stomach, physically ill Mm. from it. So, you know, it definitely does take its toll. And, you know, so today I kept thinking like, what are healthy stress mechanisms? What do how can you handle things that are not in your control? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's one of the great questions of life right yeah i mean the if you think about it maybe there's seven prayers throughout the book of alcoholics anonymous and one of them is the serenity prayer i will not belittle you all and you know you you're all smart people you can google it i think you you almost need to subscribe to that sort of thinking right that there are numerous things in your life that are out of control and you're going to accept that you cannot control them. And I think that's A, a good start, but that doesn't necessarily answer your question, which is why I would be an incredible politician. (laughs) I'm going to answer a question with a question. Very good, sir. I can tell you that when I am at stress, you know, obviously this is probably the most stressful real estate market that anyone has ever Mm -hmm. seen. I still cope with that stress in unhealthy ways. I mean, I haven't necessarily resorted to beating you yet. (laughs) You know, that was your first husband's job. My job is to heal. So that's how I roll. Like looking back on, you know, a a couple of days last week, I could tell like I was over smoking. If that's even a term, Mm -hmm. I pound caffeine. Yeah, like all of a sudden there's Coca-Cola back in the house, which you would kind of like given up or not given up completely, but let go of a little bit. I'd gotten away from it and that was really- And the Red Bulls. That wasn't necessarily like a a lifestyle choice. That was because I have 
as we all know. I've bleached my teeth and my asshole, and I don't necessarily think I need to accelerate any of the staining process with coffee and Coca-Cola. You're going to choose one or the other. Yeah. That's smart, honey. Wow, moderation. I love my coffee. It's really good. I know you can't give that up. And I also get silent. Like Megan will be home, you know, on the weekends or sometimes she has a day off during the week and I'm in the middle of writing a contract or literally trying to put out 15 different fires at once or walk a buyer or a seller off of the ledge. And like she's, you know, what do you want for dinner? If you literally look at me, I'm going to snap. I get quiet. You get quiet? Because I'm trying to think of 35 different scenarios in my head that I can run through to try to solve somebody else's problem, which is inevitably my problem because that's how I get paid. Mm -hmm. You know? But I am definitely a shutter down of things. Yeah, well, that's like with any situation with you. Um, What kind of things stress you out the most? You. Really? Your incessant calling. I don't incessantly call you, though. Mm. I don't. He's so full of shit. In fact, I'm not really much of a caller. I'm more of a texter. Chris likes the phone call. I I mean, honest to God, Meg, it's the same goddamn thing. (laughs) I don't know. I don't find a text message like as intrusive, as bothersome, answer at your leisure. No, I see, but I'm not an answer at my leisure kind of guy. Mm -hmm. If I get a text message at 12.07, In 32 seconds, if I haven't answered it by 12.07 and 43 seconds, I'm on the verge of a nervous breakdown. We need to send the paramedics. Something is wrong. Yeah, exactly. So what was the question? I'm sorry. What kind of things stress you out? Like, what are your hot button? What are the biggest things that stress you out? I could, honestly, I could run through a laundry list of things, but I think it, again, comes down to things that stress me out are typically things that I cannot control. And my solution to things that I cannot control is to find a way to either manipulate that situation or somehow gain an upper hand on the situation. Mm -hmm. But I think that that sums it up quite well, if I may. Okay. What about you? Uh, No, I agree with that. Obviously, things that are out of my control can stress me out. I do think, though, I do recognize that I do get stressed out about things that are in my control. Um, Like I get stressed easily about finances, but they are in my control. Like I know how much money comes in. I know how much money should go out. We can all do a better job. I think that speaks to everyone at more properly allocating finances. So I tend to get stressed about it in the aftermath where like, you know, I could have prevented that. And yes, that is in my control to do better. Sure. I get stressed out about our dog. The dog stresses me out. The dog is, I love you, birdie girl. You drive my stress level through the roof. Now, here's something that's interesting, right? So the dog stresses me out. She'll get the zoomies. In the morning, she stresses me out. I'm stressed out about bringing her places. Like, if we travel, like, I just can't do it. It's too stressful for me to think about her destroying someone else's home. But the kids don't stress me out. We went out to dinner on Friday night. And Frankie was like tired and, you know, being two years old almost. Mm. And that gets Chris. That stresses him out. That annoys the fuck out of me. And here's why. Because, you know, we all know that I was abused by my father growing up. We were expected to act accordingly in a restaurant, right? Yes, I understand that she's two years old, but like, you know, the outbursts. And if you say no to Frankie, now she's in this mood where she just screeches. Mm hmm. 
I, I don't know if that's a, a developmental, what do they call it? Or just being an asshole, a, like a stage, developmental stage. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's a milestone or not. I'm hoping it passes. You know, like she was, it's funny now, but let me tell you something. If I could have stabbed that child on Friday night, I would have. We would give her, you know, something to eat, a piece of bread, a piece of a shrimp or whatever it was that we were having. And she would throw it. And I about threw her. But all you can do is like correct. Like that's normal two-year-old behavior. Like, so you correct the behavior. But like Chris was like yeah, losing his mind. Not correctable at two years old because she just continues to do her same thing. So my solution to the issue was to remove her from the high chair and take her for a little walk. Which is good. I just I didn't think she was being that bad on Friday night. I mean, again, if we're in the Applebee's and there's absolutely nothing wrong with Applebee's, those of you that love Applebee's, we're happy to support you, Applebee's. It's so I married an alcoholic at gmail.com. We will certainly add you to the list of sponsors. Not a big deal. We were at the country club. So it's a little bit different. No, I agree with that. But it's she, not a black tie affair by any stretch of the she, imagination. She wasn't being out of control, though. Not out of control. No. I think that's that's pushing it a little bit. I also think that you have a really low tolerance for it. Like it stresses you so much so quickly. Like you're not willing to wait to redirect it. She was just being disruptive. Not out of control. I like disruptive. But I think one disruptive. It's too much. And you're pulling around. Yeah, but you got to like I'm I'm OK with correcting it. Like, obviously, if she was disturbing other people, I would have pulled her out of there, too. No, but, you'd let her walk around her, which yeah. also is a huge pet peeve of mine. But it, it didn't get to that point. Like Th- that's because daddy handled it. I know. But she's also not going to learn to sit and eat at a dinner if every time you pull her out. Like you have to you kind of have to work with her a little bit. Then that's she part can of it. Go in the cage. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, I'm just saying that does not stress me out. Like, yes, that, I want my yeah. children to be well behaved, but I work with them at it. You know what I mean? Where Chris automatically like that. It does. That stresses you out. Yeah, that and, bothers me. And Chris has the kids home with him a lot. Um, so I don't know if he gets like that here with them. Mm. I mean, I don't care. I'm not judging you. I'm just I'm just curious. Is it just in social situations or? Well, I mean, we all know that you stare at the Nest Cam all day because you'll send me clips like, oh, me and the girls, we were just like doing some crocheting at work. Here's a clip of what you did or didn't do today. I actually don't do that at all, but we do look at Frankie sometimes. As soon as you come on screen or stop talking, I always get out because I don't know what's going to happen. Which is smart because as a workplace with an HR office, I'm not very HR friendly. No, and that, you know, that stresses me out thinking (laughs) what could possibly come out of his mouth next. No, I, I, when we are at the house here, it's a completely different ball game. Okay. I think I'm more like I try to correct it like you tried to do at the club the other night. Mm-hmm. But here at the house, it doesn't stress me out because like there's nobody judging me. That's what I was just going to say. Except Why? For, Is it the judgment that bothers you? Except for you and your friends at work. <laughs> Is it the judgment that bothers you? Is that what stresses you out? Is there something deeper here, honey? I think there's always something deeper. So I get that with the judgment. I just don't want to be like those parents with the asshole kid. No, I agree with that completely. And we all know that there's a lot of parents with asshole kids. Totally, but I think that other parents or other people, I think 
if you're worried about them judging you, I think they throw you a lot of respect when they do see you correcting them, teaching them. You know what I mean? And again, if she was disruptive or out of control, I would, I agree, I would have removed her. But I guess my thing is it brings you to a quick stress level. You have very, very low tolerance. It does. I have a very short fuse when it comes to uh, children acting out in a public place. Yeah, I agree. But again, she wasn't acting out. Like it wasn't, it was not that bad. No, I don't think it was, but it still stressed me out. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. I think that was more on you. (laughs) (laughs) So let's get back to the, the current situation. Okay. What is it about this particular situation that has you so stressed out? It's obviously out of my control. Um, It's someone I love that's going through it. So that just, you know, hurts me. And I don't want to, I don't want to make the wrong decision. Like I don't want to choose wrong and it's not my decision to make. Mm. But I think being in the medical field and it's a medical issue, I'm looked at. And although I really appreciate that, like it, it's almost an honor to be trusted. I, I don't I don't want to choose wrong or I don't want to lead someone down the wrong path, if that makes sense. Yes, abs- of course it does. Even though I'm good in stressful situations, I'm a worrier. I think we can all say that. Yeah, you have Uncle Jeff's anxiety. I worry about many things and especially my loved ones. Well, I mean, honestly, who doesn't? Yeah, but I, I may be excessive at times. So let's take my mother, for example. Mm-hmm. So as we all know, I'm very comfortable throwing any number of my members of the family under the bus. So Alice had the bad asshole a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, go get a colonoscopy. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I don't want to. I'm afraid. And me, my way of dealing with that stress, because obviously that's stressful, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like screaming at my fucking mother. I know. <laughs> like, go get a colonoscopy, you fucking asshole. Like, mm-hmm. obviously that's not healthy, but that would be, I mean, that's a great example of how I inappropriately dealt with that stress, right? Yeah, you definitely get the yells. Like you say you get the silence when you're stressed, but you also, like your digs kick up a little bit. I mean, semantics, Megan. (laughs) I'm just saying. You say I get the yells. I say (laughs) I am very direct. (laughs) I I don't know what to tell you. I almost feel bad for you because it's like you don't, you're you don't know how to handle that stress so instead you just call out yeah, obscenities no, I, instead of <laughs> instead of trying to reason with people or <laughs> you know come up with a bullet point list of these are the things that you should be doing to be proactive about your health i'm like so you're a fucking idiot like if i think if the the louder my voice gets i think the more effectively i can prove my point Yeah. But again, so, you know, Alice's asshole, the situation that you're going through with your family and, you know, frankly, all of us in the family, because it affects all of us, right, are just shining examples of things that we cannot control. Yeah. The only thing that we can control is our reaction to and how we deal with them. Sitting there riddled with anxiety or or shitting yourself at work or, you know, not sleep at night. And I think sometimes I can also like ignore, like when I have something stressful that's bothering me, like say it's like finances, right? And I'm like, oh, this month might be tight. I'm not going to look. If I don't look, it's not happening. That's very untrue. I am just going (laughs) to hope for the best. (laughs) It's not a good coping mechanism. (laughs) 
but I do that. Or like I have so much laundry to put away right now. I'm just going to keep closing the laundry room door and maybe it'll will itself away. Now, you know what's going to happen? The poo is going to end up shitting on the carpet because that's where the poo shits. Yeah. So instead of being proactive and putting away a couple of pieces of laundry every night, we're going to let it stack up for the next six months. I know, and I already have this like a new exactly basket to go in. why there's 57 pairs of jeans in a drawer upstairs. You wear three pairs of jeans. I don't like any of them, though. I'm still on the search for the perfect jeans. I'm going to fucking stab you. <laughs> but again, I think the, the point to be taken here is that even though you don't sleep at night, even though you shit yourself at work, <laughs> even though you don't put away laundry or the dishes or clean your car or any number of things, I think ultimately, like people like you and I, those are much better coping mechanisms than drinking. Yeah. And I think something else important to talk about is we've been through a lot of stress in our three in three quarters year relationship. Yeah, no, this has not been as happy, joyous, and free as we are, and we may or may not sound at particular times. This is, by no stretch of the imagination, has this been a walk in the park? No, I mean, we were both in early sobriety. I was going through a divorce, which stressed me beyond belief. I sold my house. Chris rifled through 47 jobs and then started a whole new career. Like one thing after another was stress, stress, stress. And I have to say the way that we now deal with stress together has come a long way. Like you have been so much better towards me during this stressful time. Oh, here we go. Than you would have been in the past. Let's make it about you. No, it's true. I, and I think that helps. Like I think that has been like a redeeming thing. And it may not be like perfect. You know what I mean? You mm -hmm. may still be hurling obscenities at sometimes because you're trying to get your stress out too. But like, I'm also human. I came home to like a really lovely dinner, and Chris is letting me call and vent to him about it or say, "Here's what's going on. Here's what's on on my mind," without being snippy. And as she's rifling this very nice dinner down her gullet. It was delicious. She's like, this is really good. And you know me, humble as can be. I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't have fucking made you shit. Like, you're not coming home to ramen in this house. So, you know, that's where it's not perfect. But like, it, he, is, <laughs> he, he is improving. And I, I think that's, I don't know, that speaks a lot. And it probably has a lot to do with this podcast. And uh, yes, without question, Absolutely. I also think the other the other important thing to mention here is that I don't know. And again, this is me just kind of throwing shit against the wall and seeing what sticks is that in any stressful situation, obviously, if you have time to like if somebody just coded on the floor, you don't necessarily have time to do this, but to sort of break it down and compartmentalize things. Mm -hmm. And how can I deal with X, Y and Z? And then push that off to the side. And now I'll move on to one, two, and three. And eventually you get to a solution. It's like the whole, you know, how do you eat an elephant? And do people eat elephant? I'm sure people eat elephants. I don't J think you should. Auntie Gay P eats ass. It's like true. if Auntie Gay P can eat ass, you can eat an elephant. I guess. But the answer to how do you eat an elephant is one bite at a time. <laughs> if you try to literally consume, although... I mean, I've seen some of your exes, but like, so like you would try to consume the elephant all in one whole fell swoop. 
But if you, again, break it down and compartmentalize it and take it one bite at a time, literally, it's not going to stress you out as much. Yeah. And I, I or think. Or be so overwhelming. And I think, too, it's important to note that you don't have to do it all on your own. And we're very lucky because we in, are in a relationship where we don't. On Sunday, we were having like a little a separate situation from the situation at hand. And so I'm I'm getting rifled. <laughs> many situations There were so on. many. There were so, so I'm getting rifled all these text messages, right, from like different family members while I'm at work. Like, what should we do about this? What do we do about this? What do we do? I finally, I text Chris and I'm like, this is what's going on. I'm seeing back-to-back patients. I am overwhelmed. The next thing I know, on the Nest Cam, we see Chris. I'm just kidding. My parents told me. We see Chris on the phone, like, taking... It wasn't something I asked him to do. It wasn't, you know, something suggested by me. But he, like, took the initiative, kind of made the phone call and said, look, here's what's going on. Here's what I think we need to do. What can I do to help? And just kind of, like, put those pieces together so I didn't have to. That's right, because you donkeys would just be circling the drain in a text message chat forever and ever. And I'm like, all right, douchebags, listen up. Put your big girl panties on. This is what we're doing. Big daddy swinging dick Newports here. And that's something that Chris does really well. But I look at that, to me personally, was like the most supportive partner he could be. She can't handle it right now. She's kind of like at her breaking point. What can I do to make that better? And I think that's huge. And that is super selfless, which in addiction, we never are. So I think that's like so much growth. It's what I do, baby girl. I solve problems. (laughs) All right. What else you got about stress? You're stressing me out talking about stress. Me too. I'm tired. Now I'm tired. Maybe I'll sleep the sleeps tonight. So how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. If it drives, flies, floats, or fucks? Finance it. Happy birthday, bird dog. Happy birthday, bird dog. Is it St. Patrick's birthday? I don't know. It's his feast day, I think. Fisting day? Feast? I don't know what that means, though. I don't know if it's the day they were born or died or, like, did their miracles. I don't know. I I should. Bird dog's sounding stressed out upstairs. Yeah, I think the bird dog's losing it. I'm going to go upstairs and do what I do best, and that is solve problems by hurling obscenities. (laughs) Say goodnight, darling. Goodnight. I'm Maine, and I'm an alcoholic. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Cut off your pet's privates. And if you are struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out, ask for help. So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com.